Hello, and welcome to The Promise of Discovery, a podcast where members and investigators at the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center talk about their research in intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I'm here with Eric Charter, um, the Cornelius Chair and Professor at Vanderbilt Special Education. Hey, Kat, it's good to be with you. Well, we will talk today about RTC. First, I would like to hear a little bit about you and about how you became involved in your work. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure, Kat. So um, again, it's good to be with you and always good to talk about uh, the passion we have for this work. I know you share this passion as well. So I began uh, this work as a special education teacher back in San Antonio, Texas, a long time ago, as I tell my kids way back in the 1900s. And uh, I had students who were between the ages of 18 and 22, and they had labels like Down syndrome and intellectual disability, autism, and multiple disabilities. And I was their transition teacher, and I noticed two things really quickly with my students. The first is that they had really big dreams for their future. They had big dreams for life after high school. They wanted all the good things that any young person would want for themselves. And the second thing I noticed is that for too many of those students, those dreams just didn't happen. They didn't materialize. And lots of them were not experiencing a job in the community or going off to college like you did CAD or other things that were really important to them after they left high school. And so I really wondered what made the difference and what could we do uh, as families and as schools and employers and service systems and communities to make a difference in this area so that every young person with a disability could graduate to the good things that they dreamed about and that their community had to offer. So when I started my doctoral studies uh, and then I became a professor, uh, I knew this was an issue that I wanted to be part of helping to solve. Wow. So how do you get interested in disability research? Well, I've been now uh, CAD at Vanderbilt uh, almost 10 years uh, as a professor of special education, but my interest in this topic goes way back uh, before that, back to when actually I was in college and I was about 18 or 19 years old. And you know, like a lot of people my age at that time, uh, a lot of my schooling in elementary and middle school and high school happened apart from people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And when I was 19, uh, and uh, ending my freshman year in college, I stumbled into some relationships with uh, some young people who are my age, but they happen to have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I noticed quickly that they had wonderful gifts and talents uh, like anyone else might. I knew they had great, great hopes for their future like anyone else might have. And they made fantastic friends like, like anyone else might. Um, the difference was that these young people with intellectual and developmental disabilities didn't have the same opportunities and supports to share those gifts and those talents in the workplace or to go on to college or to have other kinds of involvement in their community. 
And so I, I noticed that uh, I was benefiting from all the positive qualities of my friends with disabilities, but so many people in the community couldn't see those and, and, and couldn't invite those into their workplace or into other kinds of community locations. And so I, I knew that was something that I could do something about, that I could play a role in changing. And so that's what I've done. I've joined a lot of really incredible people who are striving to make that kind of difference for young people with disabilities. Some of them are uh, teachers and practitioners. Some of them are family members. Some of them are policymakers. Some of them are uh, advocates and instigators and all sorts of other things. Uh, but I do the work as a researcher and I just think there's an important role for studying these issues so that we know the very best way to help people transition to life after high school. That's interesting. Now I'd like to know more about the research you are doing with the RTC. Tell me what, about what you have been studying. Sure, Kat. Uh, so we're involved in a lot of projects right now that are focused on transition focusing on transition to college through Next Steps at Vanderbilt. I know you're very familiar with that as an alumni of that, but also projects uh, really focused on helping people transition to other possibilities uh, beyond college. And the workplace is, is one of those. So just like you said, we have a brand new project called uh, the Youth Transition Project, uh, or you use the acronym RRTC. So a Rehabilitation and Research and Training Center uh, on the employment of transition age youth with disabilities. So this is a brand new five-year intervention project. And what we're doing is we're evaluating the contributions that paid work can make during high school on the outcomes of young people with disabilities after they graduate. So in other words, what we really wanna know is what difference does it make if you have a job in the community that you love for pay what difference does that make in your longer term trajectory after you graduate from high school? So it might be an internship, it might be an after school job, a weekend job or anything else. And so what we'll be doing is we'll be helping connect a large number of young people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to a paid job. And then we'll be following along up to one year after graduation to see what difference it makes. And so this is a collaboration with some of my great colleagues here at the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center, like Elise McMillan and Julie Lowndes-Taylor, who I know you know. Uh, but it's also a collaboration with a great team from Vanderbilt University, uh, including Jessica Awesome and Ben Schwartzman, uh, Michelle Schutz, and Leah Burgess, and some others. So together over this five years, we're going to be really looking closely at that difference that employment can make in the lives of young people with disabilities, as well as in their families and in the employers who hire them. And this is a project that uh, really has, I think, the national spotlight on it because it's part of a larger national center uh, called the Rehabilitation Research and Training Center on the Employment of Transition Age Youth with Disabilities. And it's a center that involves collaborations with some great scholars at Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and also at Kent State University, to name just a few. Why is this an important topic to study? Well, um, as I said, we're really focusing on the difference that having a great job can make in someone's life. Um, and so this has been a focus of transition for many years. You know, it has been now 30 years since they first passed legislation 
focused on transition to adulthood for kids with disabilities. And we've made a lot of progress, but you know, there are still so many young people with intellectual and developmental disabilities who want to work, who would make incredible contributions in the workplace, and they just haven't had the opportunity and support. And for those of you who are listening, who are familiar with special education services, the very heart of special education, the purpose of special education is actually to prepare young people with disabilities for college, for career, and for community. So this is why we send students to school. And we also know, I think firsthand, Kat, I bet you can speak to this yourself as well, the difference that a good job can make on someone's life, right? Just the chance to be connected to your community, the chance to have valued roles in your community, to, to meet local needs, to develop friendships, to find purpose, all of those things. And of course, to get a great paycheck. Uh, those are all the great things about a job. And most high school students, you know what, they work at some point during high school. But that's not true for so many young people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So many of them don't have that opportunity. And yet we know from other research that that experience of having even just one paid job can dramatically change what happens after graduation. It changes people's trajectories. And yet when we look across our state of Tennessee, we know that only about one in seven adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities is working. And when we look, uh, look nationally, we know that less than one in five young adults with developmental disabilities is working. So we know that if we can uh, provide really great training and experience during high school, we can change those numbers in the long term. So that's, I think, why it's so important. It's important to connect people to good jobs for the same reason it's important to connect anyone do a good job. It really does improve your quality of life and your connections to the community. Tell me a little about how you are studying RTC. Sure. Yeah, so we are trying to do two really important things as we study this topic, Kat. Um, one thing we want to do is we want to make sure that we are doing the most rigorous study that we can possibly do. And the second thing is we want to make sure that the strategies that we are evaluating, the interventions that we're developing, that they are going to be doable in real life schools. So we want to make sure that what we are studying has an impact, first of all, and that it's something that any school could implement practically in their own community. And those are really important to make sure something both works and that it actually works for local communities. So we have these multiple phases to our project. And the first is happening actually right now, as we speak, um, we are in the midst of a qualitative study. Uh, and so we are uh, trying to interview lots of different key stakeholders about the things that stand in the way of employment and the things that would facilitate employment for young people with disabilities. So that's involved uh, us interviewing family members and special education teachers and uh, vocational rehabilitation staff and community agencies and employers and school leaders about the things that they think might facilitate uh, access to jobs and the things that stand in the way of those jobs happening. Um, we're also asking for all of their advice on the best way to make employment happen when working through the schools. And so we think their input is really important because they're the ones who would be implementing these kinds of interventions. So after we're finished with this first phase of really learning from people who are doing this day-to-day -day work on the ground, 
the next phase will involve developing that intervention that leads to paid employment for students in their final year of high school. So we've got a lot of work to put that intervention together so we can pilot that this uh, later this spring. And then uh, after that's all developed, we enter the next phase of the project, which is this rigorous evaluation of the intervention. So we'll look at the, uh, some students who will get paid employment before they graduate and other students who will just have their usual transition services that don't include paid employment. And we'll follow those students over the course of a year and a half to two years to see what difference it makes up to one year after graduating from high school. If all things go as we hope, that we will discover that this uh, paid employment really does make a noticeable difference, then our last phase is really focusing on packaging up this intervention so that any school could pick up our materials and implement it, and then making sure we get those resources into the hands of schools all across Tennessee and all across the country. What have you done so far? Well, we're still very early in this project, Kat, uh, just coming up on the very first year. Uh, but we did just recently finish our interviews with uh, almost 75 different stakeholders all across uh, Middle Tennessee. I mentioned we were talking to families. We've talked with 24 parents of young people with disabilities. We've talked to 17 people who work with different agencies and 15 special educators and 13 employers and five district leaders and probably some others that, that I've forgotten as I mentioned that. But I think we've learned a few uh, important things. And one is that um, I think everyone we've talked to has seen the importance of focusing on paid employment before graduation. Uh, many of them have talked about the difference that they have seen it make in the lives of the students that they support. And uh, they've seen it, uh, many have described it as very transformative for students. It's uh, opened up their own eyes about what's possible. It's raised their own expectations for the future. And boy, it's changed the expectations of families who maybe never thought their son or daughter could work and now they've seen it firsthand. So we've just gotten lots of affirmation that this is the right thing to be focused on. Um, but, you know, we've also learned that this is really, really going to be hard work. Um, many students in our state and around the country aren't getting these opportunities for paid employment. And we've heard about a lot of barriers that stand in the way. Uh, barriers of people's attitudes, uh, barriers of low expectations, barriers of, of uh, time or insufficient resources, uh, lack of collaborations, um, the lack of strong uh, relationships with community employers, all of these things have gotten named as issues that have to be addressed. It's clear that this is challenging work. It's important, but it's challenging. And I think the third thing that we've learned is that uh, there are some excellent practical ideas for making this happen. There are ways that schools can partner with families and employers and vocational rehabilitation agencies and just other people in their community who care about young people with disabilities and can help facilitate that connection to jobs. So I think there are lots of ideas and resources out there that we're just not tapping into now. And so I think that's another piece that's become really important is we probably already know how to do this. It's about being committed uh, and creative in how we apply those strategies. And I guess the last thing we've learned is something that we've all uh, been learning um, but uh, in the midst of this COVID pandemic, I think we've learned just how important a focus on employment is. So many people in this country and around the world have lost their jobs 
and so many young people with intellectual and developmental disabilities have too. And so that opportunity to share your gifts and time and talent and make connections in the workplace have gone away for lots and lots of young people. So as things uh, progress and the economy opens back up and we're able to find a cure, there are gonna be lots of young people who wanna go back into the workforce and are gonna need that support from schools and families and others. So this is really, really important work right now. Why does this research matter to people with disabilities and their families? Well, I think about the difference um, having a job made in my own life. And I bet, Kat, you can probably think about that too in your own life, right? All the good things that come from having a job you love, not just any job, but a job you really love. Um, it's not just about that paycheck that I mentioned, but all the things it reveals about yourself and the connections that you're able to make and um, just that sense of value and purpose and, um, and vocation that comes from a job. So it's important just for that. It really does, uh, if you get the right job for a young person, set them on a, on a path to flourishing uh, for sure. So I think that's a, a really important piece. It, it, it holds a lot of potential to not just change, well, to change the outcomes for people with disabilities. But I would argue it's important also for employers and communities that for far too long have overlooked the great talents and contributions people with disabilities can make. And so what a great opportunity for help to help uh, employers and others see just, uh, just the capacity and the strengths and positive qualities of so many people in their community that they might've overlooked. So I think there's a lot of, lot of impact there as well. What impact could it have in people's lives? Well, I think uh, for, you know, I've mentioned a bit about the difference it can make for people with disabilities um, and also for employers, but uh, I do think that the, the impact maybe is even bigger than that. You know, this is a way for special educators, for example, who, who really do care deeply about helping their students thrive. This project should give them very practical strategies for helping make that happen. I think for families that care very much about their son or daughter finding their pathway in life and, uh, you know, and having a really secure future. I think this is a intervention that could uh, help give them some very practical ideas on how to support that employment as well. And I think this kind of work, uh, the work of uh, supporting people to be part of their communities in meaningful ways, you know, I think that also changes communities too. Uh, I think communities start to see people with disabilities as making invaluable contributions to the thriving of their community. And if we uh, give people the right opportunities and supports and communities start to see people with disabilities as absolutely indispensable to their own thriving as, uh, as a community as well. So those are some other, I think, people whose lives are gonna be impacted beyond just the students who end up getting jobs through this project. How could it positively impact quality of life? Well, that's also a great question. I've talked a little bit about this, but I think, um, you know, the, the question to ponder for each of us is what are the things that make our life rich and high quality and flourishing? And uh, I think the answer is going to be different for every person, but usually in that list of things that people will name, 
they'll say my relationships and friendships that I make are part of my flourishing. And you know what? A lot of us develop those relationships through our work. And I think another thing people will talk about that helps them flourish is just that sense of having a, a sense of purpose and a chance to contribute to the lives of others. And again, a, a good job enables people to do that. And of course, a paycheck is often the ticket to being able to do all the other things that make life rich in a community, right? It takes money to, to live independently and to, to do all the fun things that we love to do in our community. So a job is a path to that as well. So it's not the only thing that impacts quality of life, but it sure, sure can have a powerful influence. What impact does this research have in your field? How might it push Will they do research for it? Well, you know, in our field of special education and transition, uh, we're really trying to make sure the very best of what we know works. The things that we know make a difference are the things that schools are implementing for students with disabilities. So my hope is this research, if indeed does show that paid employment makes a difference, will give schools much more confidence uh, and maybe the, the impetus to start implementing these practices with their students. Uh, up till now, the research on employment shows that, um, that having a job when you're younger is associated with more likelihood of having a job when you're older, but it's not a causal link. In other words, we don't know that that early job causes later jobs. There's a whole bunch of other things that might be happening. So I think, you know, this study really could give clarity to the field about the role that that early work experiences play. And then I think we'd be much in a much stronger position to advocate for paid employment as a best practice in transition than we are right now. Are there any policy implications? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, right now, uh, transition policy emphasizes making sure students have the skills and opportunities and supports they need to meet their post-school transition goals. And so, you know, that policy is hard to enact if people don't have the practices that, uh, that uh, help them live out and play out that particular policy. So it might be that if we do indeed find a strong link between early work and, and later outcomes, that policy might change to more strongly uh, encourage schools to make this part of everyday practice for students with significant disabilities. So I think that's certainly a, a possibility. What was next for the research? Well, we're just getting started, Kat. We're uh, finishing up year one of five years. Uh, so uh, I think in the next few weeks, we're trying to prepare some uh, briefs that would summarize what we learned from those qualitative studies. So people listening to this can look out for those summaries of what are the barriers to employment and facilitators to employment and what makes work meaningful for people with disabilities. We'll have some information on that. And then this spring, we hope to pilot that intervention with a small number of students. You know, we were planning on doing that this fall, but uh, this pandemic obviously has changed so much of how we approach research. So, so we're hopeful that we'll be able to pilot this with a small number of students in the spring. We are meeting with a really strong advisory board who's giving us great advice uh, on how to move forward in light of this pandemic. And we're thinking really creatively about what kind of adjustments 
we might need to make uh, if economy, if the economies are opening up more slowly than we all hope. So that's just a little bit about what's next. Uh, we hope you'll uh, keep uh, up with updates on our website, which we I'm sure can post somehow with this podcast so people can learn more about not only this project, but this is just one of six studies that are part of that larger RRTC Center on Employment of Transition Age Youth. So thanks for that question. Yeah, welcome. You know, Kat, I think this is the time I get to flip the questions back to you yeah. since you've sent so many my ways. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've known you for a while and I know that having a good job has made a big difference in your life. So I wanted to ask you, what is your best advice to youth with disabilities on preparing for a future career? Uh, my advice is to look at several different colleges. I looked at a lot before I made my decision to me to next steps. And some of them didn't have like what were recommendations I was looking for, like if it was too small of a college or too big. And if there, there was like a dorm or anything, but I had to make several decisions before I decided that I wanted to come to next steps. It sounds like you did your research and uh, made a great decision for you. And yeah. you certainly that decision led you to a great career now, didn't it? Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say about the research or topic? Well, I guess I would conclude just by thanking you for um, for your interest in this topic, for letting me be part of this conversation. and. Uh, just to offer uh, encouragement to all who are listening that we have been talking about the importance of employment for people with disabilities for a long, long time. And the outcomes for students have just not changed in noticeable ways for nearly 30 years. So this is our time to move from talk to walk and to, uh, and to begin to think not just about aspiring towards employment for people with disabilities, but thinking, what must we do to change the landscape now? There are just too many young people with incredible gifts that are not being shared right now. And so uh, hoping, hoping this project and others through the center and around the university are gonna be part of changing that landscape for lots and lots of young people. Well, thank you for talking to me about RTC, and it was a pleasure talking with you. You too, Kat. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to The Promise of Discovery. Be sure to visit the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center website at vkc.vumc.org to learn more about today's episode. And tune in next time for more on the innovative research and intellectual and developmental disabilities from the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center.